Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. My name is Jacqueline Cordova, and I am joined by my co-host, Ben Visser. You're getting this on a Friday. Um, Thankfully, Ben is a very supportive co-host. A lot of you, I think, don't actually know this, but I have a corporate job, a full-time job. So I've been on the road, ironically, in Wisconsin, in Madison, all week. Um, so Ben and I are picking this up late in the week, but too much fun happened last weekend to not record. So um, we can definitely get right into it. Ben, I know we weren't necessarily able to watch it. We definitely got those highlights. Thanks to Cyclone Wrestling Twitter. But what were your thoughts about Iowa State coming out victorious against Wisconsin? It was a great win. Um when you look at it on paper and dresser said this during his press conference last week, if you go on paper, Wisconsin's probably favored in six out of the four matches. So Iowa state was going to need an upset somewhere. And then maybe some bonus points to push the cyclones over the edge. If they were going to win and they didn't just get an upset. They got upsets across the first four weights from 125 to 149. And they weren't minor upsets where a 15 guy lost to the number 20 guy or something like that. It was essentially unranked guys beating every, all the Wisconsin wrestlers were in the top 15. So it was a great start. And then obviously Jason Kreiser lost at 157. That was a close match. Nothing wrong with that. David Carr comes out. He beats um, Deem Hamidi at 165. That was a match I was really anticipating. We can talk about that a little bit later. And then it just kind of kept going from there. Sam Schuyler had a great weekend at heavyweight. He beat two top 15 guys. So, no, that Wisconsin match, I think it kind of, you know, there are some question marks around Iowa State with Jarrett Dagan, Ian Parker leaving, those types of guys. But, I mean, who boy, Casey Swiderski and Panero Johnson, they announced themselves in a pretty big way. Yeah, I think especially for, I mean, both of them, absolutely incredible wins. I 
I wish I could have watched them. I, I was walking down the steps of the Jacobson building because we had just finished um, doing all the post-game stuff for football. And Ryan Workman, the old the former SID for wrestling, was walking behind me and he was like, did you just see that Panera Johnson beat Austin Gomez? And I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> no way. Which... I never doubt the ability of some wrestlers to come come up and really shock people, but I, I was not expecting that. Austin Gomez is ranked number two. I don't know what the updated wrestling rankings are for them, so I should look that up. But at the time, he was ranked number two. He's a Big Ten champion. Like, you just look at it on paper, and yeah, you didn't expect that. So that's just incredible. It only feeds into what Ben talked about with you at availability about these freshmen just being physically ready to be on the mat live. Um, so that was really exciting and definitely, you know, Marcus, Marcus Coleman, younger Bastida, Sam Schuyler also put in their work. Um, and David, of course, can't forget David. Um, so it was up and down a really exciting duel. Um, as I said, as people asked us last week, I wish more people could have seen it. This is one of those situations where, imagine if we could have had this open to the public, like all those casual fans, all the people who are slowly, but surely getting more invested in wrestling could have had the opportunity to see some really solid wrestling, but thankfully it's the start of the season. <laughs> so we have a lot of wrestling left, which this was my first point. Um, and I'll just go ahead and make it now is that this is a very exciting win. And in this, not to take away from anyone at all, but I just want, and hope that people can walk out of this feeling positive, but realize that these are still young guys that are probably going to make mistakes. And it's not always, always going to be this, like they will definitely continue to find success. And Iowa state has proven that they are worth, you know, being ranked, having those quality wins. But I just, you know, it's one of those things. People get so high up in the clouds sometimes. And I can see it. You walk out of this weekend, Iowa State beat Wisconsin. You're going to be up there. But I just don't want people to also have these unrealistic expectations where they're expecting Iowa State to blow every single opponent out of the water. Because then you're going to have the moments where then you're going to see people yelling about, well, we shouldn't have pulled their red shirts. We shouldn't have wrestled them. We just wasted their years. And that's, that's what I don't want to see. Cause this is exciting, but it was, it wasn't even the first official duel. That's this Saturday. So as, as people are saying from the Wisconsin fan base, a lot of season left. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was my big takeaway. It's one of those where it's like Iowa state put in the work, did their, did the job, but there's still a whole lot of, a whole lot of work to be done. <laughs> yeah. And dresser, I went to media availability on Tuesday because you were in Madison. So um, dresser pretty much said the same thing where he brought up the freshman Casey Swiderski and Pernero Johnson had as good opening weekends as you could have. They both, you said he beat uh, Pernero Johnson, beat Austin Gomez. Incredible win. Casey, Casey Swiderski beat, um, the Wisconsin kid number he's ranked number 12 Zargo, both great wins, but they are true freshmen. They haven't had a red shirt and 
they're going to make mistakes. That's what Dresser said. And you even just look back in recent history. When David Carr was a true freshman, he redshirted, but he wrestled unattached at the Cyclone Open, and he lost his first match. He lost his very first match as a Cyclone wrestler. Now it's unattached, so it doesn't count toward his record. But if a guy like David Carr, who is a national champion, All-American, as good a wrestler as you're going to find, if he can lose his first match as a true freshman, both Panero Johnson and Casey Swiderski will probably have some hiccups along the way. And when that happens, it's okay. They're here to learn. They have both proven themselves to clearly be ready to wrestle. But when you're a true freshman and you're starting to get your classes under your belt and maybe, hey, you got to do your finals for the first time. You got to um, do all these things that are so different. You have to live on your own as a true freshman. They're trying to figure that out. They're trying to figure out collegiate wrestling. There's going to be some hiccups along the way. It's okay when that happens. And Dresser said it. There's going to be ups and downs with them, but there's going to be way more ups than there are downs. And so he's not planning on keeping their red shirt. He's like, nope, we're going to, if, unless they get injured, their red shirt's gone. They're going to wrestle. They have expectations that both guys could be all Americans. We don't want to set those expectations right now, but they both have that ability um, as true freshmen to do that. So I think that's really important. And another thing that um, dresser brought up was the effort. If you were to grade the weekend, from A to F, their effort from top to bottom, 125 to heavyweight, effort was an A, technique was probably a C. And that's another area where this was a great win against Wisconsin, but there's still a ton of area for improvement. When they wrestled these higher ranked teams, the Iowa's, the Arizona States, the Cornell's later in the year, they're going to have to fix some of those technique areas up so they can compete with those and you know maybe pull out a few wins here and there. So that's going to be another thing. And just talking about effort and technique in that whole conversation, um, that's one thing that has been the biggest difference in the dresser era. When I covered the Kevin Jackson teams back in the day, everyone regarded KJ, who I love. I think he's a fantastic human being and a great coach. KJ was the best technician in the world. That's what people said about him. And I believe it. his technique and his teaching of technique was second to none. The gripe, if you want to call it that, was his guys didn't always give great effort. When Dresser got here at his opening press conference, his whole thing was, we're going to give great effort. We're going to go out there, scrap, hand fight, do all those things that show great effort. And that that proved fruitful this last weekend where they upset a good Wisconsin team based on effort. Like their effort was so good that their technique didn't have to be perfect. And I think that was really good to see, um, especially because Wisconsin, Chris Bono, his guys also give great effort. So to out effort a Chris Bono, Wisconsin team um, is really, really promising. Well, and I think that's what makes this team so exciting to root for um, is that, and I texted you this when I was watching the first two um, not, well, maybe it was against little rock. Um, I was able to sit with, again, shout out to Ryan. I got to sit in the press box with him before the game even started. And we were watching, uh, the first dual match of the day, uh, against little rock. Um, and the guys just looked good. <laughs> like you could just tell that they were working really hard. I think you and I talked a lot about this, um, in the postseason 
about just how sometimes guys, when they're going against tougher opponents or they're newer, you know, they're, you know, they're freshmen, they tend to kind of stall a lot as they're trying to figure out their opponent, trying to decide they're too much in their head about what they want to do next. And that wasn't really something that I watched when I was able to watch some of this, that this weekend's matches. And that's exciting. That makes going to, (laughs) this sounds like an ad. Uh, That's what's going to make going to Hilton and watching them wrestle in person. Exciting because it might not be pretty as they work out those details, but I mean, they're going, they're, they're going hard and that's exciting to watch. I, it's just so boring sometimes <laughs> watching those guys who go against David. We use David. He was the perfect example. Those guys who just, they know he's so technically sound that they just kind of try and figure out how can we stall him from reaching our legs, keep him keep him focused on our hands before he takes us down. And these guys were just top to bottom working hard. And that was really exciting. And that's, that's what I'm excited about for this weekend really is just finally being able to be in front of these younger guys and seeing who gets, uh, you know, who's going to get those official starting spots in Hilton. Um, because I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to go at 157. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see if Zach Redding's going to hold solid at 133, which I was very excited to see him back. Um, I feel like during that COVID year, we got weirdly lucky in that we got to see more guys wrestle than you normally do. And Zach Redding was one of the ones I was excited to see. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, injuries kind of got in the way. So it was exciting to also see him get that uh, 10 to four win over Taylor Lamont. So big win. Yeah. Taylor Lamont, former big 12 champion when he was in Utah Valley. So that was a really good win for Zach Redding. And speaking to your point about this Iowa state team, isn't going to be a stalling team. They're not going to, wait guys out. They're not going to feel guys out. I think this is, this will be an incredibly entertaining win or lose Iowa state team to watch David Carr. We know he's always on the offensive. And like you said, he's technically incredible. Like his Mm -hmm. technique is second to none. You look at a guy like Marcus Coleman, who continues to elevate his game. He's not going to stall. He's not going to wait around for anyone. He, how many guys did he pin this last weekend? Two or three. Um, He's, he's on a tear right now ever since last year. He's, he's been one of the better wrestlers in the country and he's ranked number five at his weight. And I was looking at the rankings earlier. I was like, yeah, there's one or two guys where I can (laughs) confidently say are better than him. But after that, I mean, really, and the number two guy, Parker Keckheisen from you and I, I think that's a competitive match with him and Coleman. So really it's Aaron Brooks from Penn state and kind of everyone else. I think there's a little group of Keckheisen, uh, Coleman and a few other guys in that range. So Coleman is a nationally up there guy, younger Bastida. We know he's not stalling out anyone. He's, <laughs> he's going to get after you from the opening whistle. And then you go to the young guys, the Casey Sorderskis and the Pinero Johnsons. We, we got to talk to both of them um, during availability this week. And Casey Sorderski, he's like, he's a little bit of an instigator. He's like, I love chippy <laughs> matches. I love getting out there. I like controlling center. I like hand fighting. And as you guys saw, I'm explosive enough to where I can hit a double leg through somebody, make their nose bleed all over their face where they have to get their face wrapped and they're bleeding out through the face wrap. And he <laughs> loves that type of match. He loves that sort of thing. And he is an instigator. He likes that sort of thing. So he's going to be really fun to watch. Panero Johnson, when you beat Austin Gomez nine to four, that's insane. Like to me, if I were, if I were to coach someone on how to beat Austin Gomez, 
I'd tell him to watch the David Carr Willits match from the NCAA championships where Willis just back up the whole time and hope the ref didn't call stalling <laughs> and hope to get lucky at the end of the match. Like that's how I, that would be my strategy to beat Austin Gomez. That is not what Panero Johnson did. He went after him. He got takedowns. He ended the match with a takedown. He ended the match on top of Austin Gomez and that. So Panero Johnson's not going to wait around to stall around. I would say Kyson Terrakeen is an offensively minded Mm-hmm. wrestler Zach Redding is an offensively minded he's a little bit in that Swiderski mold where he's going to hand fight with you he's going to make things a little bit rough on you so this is a really really exciting team to watch and then you get Sam Schuyler who just beat two top 12 guys heavyweight's never going to be super offensive but he's proven he can get takedowns when he needs to so say, like he, you said really fun really fun team whether or not they win or lose every match doesn't matter they're going to be fun to watch I think that's something i you know, it's again to bring up Austin Gomez. That's something I really liked about him as a wrestler at Iowa State was he just has a big attitude and he loves it. He's arrogant. He loves to talk about how much better he is than other people. And honestly, I think in general, uh, Iowa State wrestlers have been good at hinting at it. Good at like, like David will say things with a grin on his face, especially mm-hmm. during Cyhawk Week. He loves to poke a little, but not quite as like, not quite as like Austin Gomez, like Austin Gomez would say the things that coaches sometimes are like, Ooh, maybe you shouldn't have said that. Cause now it's going to be, <laughs> now it's going to be posted all over the internet. And when you lose, you look dumb, but like, you can't think about that. And I feel like these younger guys, I mean, throwing in true freshmen in front of the media sometimes is going to be very hit or miss since it's, I mean, even as media, I struggled when I first started to talk to them and I'm the one just asking the questions I can imagine answering them and they all they both did well in their interviews and I love that especially if they're talking crap just makes our job fun 100% and Dresser indicated that before we talked to him we mm-hmm. talked to Dresser first and um, we asked what their personalities were like just as a general question and he's like they both have an ego and it's a good ego. It's swagger. <laughs> he quickly he quickly clarified that it's swagger. It's not like, oh, look at me, I'm so great. It's a a swagger. Like, yeah, I'm gonna come in here. I'm gonna come in here with confidence that I'm gonna win. And I'm gonna do the right things. And then when we talked to him, Soderski was a little bit reserved at first, but once he got him to open up, you could tell that there was that confidence of, hey, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna try to rip your head off, and I'm gonna have fun doing it. I'm gonna make you bleed. I'm gonna. One thing he said with the Zargo match, the Joe Zargo against Wisconsin, um, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. I shot a double leg straight through my punch in the face and his plan went out the window. It's like, that's fantastic. Keep saying things like that. Um, and then you go to Panero Johnson and he radiated confidence from the very beginning. And that's what Dresser said. He's like, Panero Johnson has a, a three times um, ego about himself. Like <laughs> wrestlers are confident people to begin with, but Panero's three times more confident than anyone else. And you could see that he, he's like beating Austin Gomez wasn't an accomplishment for me. That wasn't on my to-do list for the year. <laughs> my to-do list for the year is to be the best in the nation. So that means winning the NCAA championships and standing on top of the podiums. Like, okay, that's insane, but that's awesome. So yeah, both really fun guys to talk to. Um, and whether, do I think they're going to both win national championships? Probably not. Could they all American? I could see it. I could could. see definitely both of them standing on the podium, maybe not the top of the podium, but on the podium in in March. Now we have a long way to get there, Mm -hmm. but, um, 
they are exciting guys, both on the mat and talking to them. So, well, imagine what it does for their egos that all of us have been talking about them nonstop <laughs> since last weekend. Um, I was very upset to be on the road and not be able to be there, but you know, corporate America calls. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's great that they have those personalities, especially when you look at who else is in that room. Sam Schuyler's your, you know, heavyweights tend to have that ego swagger to them. You have to, you're the heavyweight, right? And Sam has definitely earned it as he's won those key, key defining matches for the team. And then you have younger who's constantly talking about, I will rip everyone's heads off and I will win. <laughs> like, and I know Marcus is a more quiet guy. I know he, he's not the loudest in the room, but I mean, he, he's come so far. My favorite quote that the dresser has ever said about him is just the way that he found Marcus crying under the bleachers. I don't remember if it was NCAAs or big 12s now. You know, I, I don't remember. I think it was, it was one big of, 12s. I think okay. it was big 12s. Okay. He had said that he had found Marcus crying under the bleachers, which is a lot of the place where most of those guys go when they're there. There's just truly no privacy in that place. I no. walked those halls. You have nowhere to process those really crappy losses. And so for Marcus to have, you know, left those bleachers that day and being what he is now, I mean, Marcus pinning machine. That's what I love to tweet when he's out there. Cause he's just, yeah, he's incredible. I, I really enjoy watching Marcus and I'm glad he's here for this season um, because it'll be exciting to see where he gets himself. And same with the lower weights. I mean, David Carr's has been the poster child for positivity and encouraging that team. And then you have, you know, Kaisen who I huge fan of 125, huge fan. So I'm excited to see where he can go after, um, you know, trying to jump back from how he ended the season last year and, like I said, excited to see Zach writing. So yeah, you have a room full of guys with just big personalities, which I know when Dresser first took over, it's it's growing pains. It's guys figuring out who are we, what are we going to be when you have a new coaching staff and you have all these new guys coming in. So it's exciting. This is exciting. People should be buying in as the ad that I sound like. <laughs> so, but as I said, they... Iowa State has a lot of wrestling to do. They will open their season this Saturday at a very late duel. It is an 8 p.m. duel against California Baptist. Um, I will be there. Ben, will you be awake? <laughs> I will. Well, okay. Just because I act like an old man doesn't mean I am an old man. Yes, I will be there. Um, California Baptist is officially a Big 12 affiliate. Um, they joined in July, which they had a big busy month, the month of July, I was reading this. They officially um, announced their head coach. They had their, he'd been there. I can't remember his name now. Their original head coach for 11 years. Does that, do you know, does that sound right? I don't, I have no idea. Um. Yeah. So they had their coach leave and then the assistant. Oh my gosh. I had this all like prepared when we were talking about it the first time. Um. Yeah, so they had an interim head coach, and they officially named him the head coach in July, and they became Big 12 affiliates. So they're officially competing there. You'll see him at the Big 12 championship. So continue to grow wrestling in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting addition. I mean, anytime you can 
add members to your conference and strengthen the conference with the numbers is great. But if you look at what Cal Baptist has done this year, they wrestled Cal Poly and a few other teams and they lost to Cal Poly, who is not exactly a powerhouse. Um, They got destroyed by Cal Poly. (laughs) So this meet where if you want high scoring matches and a lot of pins will be a fun one to be at because Iowa state should win handily. Um, I would be surprised if more than one guy lost unless Iowa state wrestles a few backups here and there, then maybe, you know, you get two or three losses, but this, this will be a pretty easy win for Iowa state. Um, really, I think the thing to watch for with this dual meet is going to be the effort. Do they give the same effort that they gave against Wisconsin? If they give that same effort, Iowa State's not going to lose a match. But if a few guys are just going through the motions, let's say, then you might not get as many bonus points as you're expecting. One guy might get a hiccup and lose a match. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a good match to watch in terms of is Iowa State giving consistent effort no matter who the opponent is? Yeah, I think it will be interesting. I think that's the thing when you're first really getting into wrestling and kind of learning what their schedule looks like, you know, the tournaments, then they go and do what they did last weekend where they competed against three teams in these this dual setting um, going into the official, you know, this is your home opener. It's the first duel of the season. It it's a different mental game. I think as much as they love to tell us my eyes on the next opponent, my eyes is on the next uh, thing on the calendar. Um, I think it all just varies. And so Saturday will be definitely an interesting um, opportunity to see them Number one, go against a team they're definitely heavily favored against. And yeah, just see them live. I mean, these guys, as we said, we keep talking about these freshmen. They're about to walk out of the tunnel for the first time. So why not, you know, be there to see that? And this is, I mean, this is, these guys talk about it all the time. I remember that was something, I think it was Kaisen Tarakino was talking about how he was looking forward to feeling himself walk out of the tunnel. You know, the lights are flashing. They picked out their walkout music and the fans are like greeting them. So it's a whole different beast and it's a fun one. So I'm definitely excited to be down on the mat, um, taking photos, be back in there. I haven't talked to dresser since media day and I didn't really get to talk to him then since, um, we just did the media scrum, so hope hope I haven't missed too much. <laughs> Thanks to Ben doing my job for me, which is appreciated. I think Dresser looks forward to the days you're randomly there. <laughs> I hope so. It's fun um, to talk to him. But much to my butchering, poor Cal Baptist head coach, Derek Moore. That's the head coach's name. I, wa- I wanted to say that, but I didn't want to say the wrong name. Um, he was named the interim coach after they lost their head coach in May and they officially named him the head coach in July when they became big 12 affiliates. Well, good on Derek Moore. I hope he has, I hope he can turn California Baptist into a legitimate, I don't want to say big 12 contender because it'll never be that, (laughs) but a, a team that can compete with the SDSUs, the NDSUs, the, um, Northern Colorado's compete with those kinds of schools and get a couple guys to the NCAA championships. 
maybe have them take get him a run guy gets to run a 12 maybe they can get an all-american one of these years something like that i hope he can turn california baptist into a school that can consistently produce a couple ncaa qualifiers and every now and again have one guy go on a run i think that'd be great for that program well and he has an impressive background um when I was reading about his background last night, it said he was, he won two PAC 10 championships. He was named PAC 12 wrestler of the year in 2007. Um, and after he graduated, he served six years in the United States army. And he tra- so he spent four years training with the Olympic training center um, mm. at the army's world-class athlete program, as they say on his bio. So that's a pretty cool background. Excited to see what he can do for the program. And um, this is definitely something we'll have to dive into when the time comes. But when I was looking at the big 12 affiliates, Oklahoma, they're going to have to, they're going to have to apply to be big. And it sounds like if Seth, Seth Duckworth down in, uh, he covers Oklahoma state. He reported a couple weeks ago, months ago now that the big 12, it sounds like is not going to be extending an invitation to Oklahoma to be an affiliate member, which is hilarious because Missouri just got to be a big 12 affiliate member. So now they're an sec team. Oklahoma is going to be an sec team. And, uh, it sounds like Oklahoma is not going to be an affiliate at least right away, which I think is the right decision. I also think it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's one of those things as with all the realignment talk, it obviously it's very heavily focused around football. Like that is the cash bag. Right. But just in the background, I've been sitting, just watching, I'm like, okay, how does wrestling play into this? And watching how it impacts Oklahoma is I think comedy for us as people who cover Iowa state wrestling, I would hate, I would hate for Iowa state to be in this position, but they're not. So it's, not something we need to worry about, but yes, I shout out to Seth. He did a good job of covering it. He wrote about their intentions and then Oklahoma immediately put out a statement that they will be sending in their application. (laughs) I'm sure they will be, but I don't know if that's going to get accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Well, we'll see where they go. Yes. But like I said, conversation for another time, just something to think about with, realignment as you all start to get into wrestling it impacts wrestling as well specifically oklahoma wrestling <laughs> yeah sec doesn't have wrestling they're well may, hey you know missouri and oklahoma can start an sec wrestling conference get a few affiliate members maybe little rock arkansas little rock can join them <laughs> and another team down south the south doesn't have a lot of wrestling so they're going to struggle with that but hey if they can find six members that that'd be good. They can they can join their they can start an SEC wrestling. More whatever brings us more wrestling, truly. Yeah. <laughs> Which talk about the power of wrestling this weekend. I was again, or not this weekend, this week, I was in Madison with my coworkers. And, um, one of my coworkers who's originally from San Diego, he's not, I don't think he really follows wrestling too much. Like college wrestling he's very into just combat sports and we were sitting there at like after after all our meetings were done having a drink and he brought up the picture of Cody Swiderski he said you guys did you see this picture on Twitter of 
these college wrestlers. And I was just like, Oh, do you mean the team that I cover? (laughs) (laughs) So that picture definitely made its rounds. I'll reshare it on Twitter in case anyone hasn't seen it, but I feel like there's just no way you have it at this point. Yeah. Joe Zargo, the Wisconsin guy had his whole nose wrapped, like the wrap went around his head over his nose and he was bleeding through his wrap. And then Casey Swiderski, he still had stitches in on Tuesday. I don't know if he still does, but on Tuesday he still had stitches because his head got cut open right above his eye. So his head was wrapped. He wasn't bleeding through his wrap yet at that point. So, um, but yeah, the, both guys' heads were wrapped. There was quite a bit of blood from the Wisconsin guy. It's contained blood. It's not like it was, it's just everywhere, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it goes to show the toughness of the sport for sure. Yeah. Shout out to, um, he, oh gosh, I assume it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know the actual name of the person, but if you look up S E wrestle, they, um, they are very heavily focused on promoting wrestling and the Southeast and they're the ones who should captured that photo, which is awesome. I just, that's like my biggest goal when I'm taking photos is taking that photo that, you know, the photo that's going to be circulated everywhere. So hopefully I can get some more. My most recent was Marcus Coleman at big 12s. So Ben, any last minute thoughts, any, anything crazy you want to throw out there with what time we have left? Yes. And I'll make it relatively brief. Um, <laughs> okay. Relative to me. Yeah. Brief is a relative term to me. So Panero Johnson, one last note on him. When we were talking with dresser. So Panero Johnson gray shirted, and I don't know all the intricacies of gray shirting, but it's not red shirting. So he's still technically a true freshman, even though he was at Iowa state last year. He was taking class. I think he took a class or took a couple classes and he was wrestling with the CRTC last year. So he's still a true freshman, even though he's kind of at Iowa state last year. And as he was going through his workouts, Dresser noticed he was working really hard, but his endurance never got better. And he's really confused about how a guy could work that hard, but not get his cardio up. So they actually took him in to get tested at the hospital. Like, hey, what's going on with him? Why can't he, you know, get his endurance up? So they ran some tests on him, whatever, whatever. It turns out Panero Johnson has sickle cell anemia. So he couldn't work out to the highest degree that he wanted to for a long time. And this, they did the test um, early this summer. So it's like, like, this is a relatively recent thing. So they got him on some medication. They changed his diet a little bit and he's sleeping. He has to sleep more now just to make sure he, you know, is at his highest level. So since he's made those changes, dresser said that he has really taken off. Like you could tell he's a really good wrestler before. Like he was always a high, high level guy. But since then he's just turned a corner and he's taken a huge step in the right direction. So um, it's a really interesting thing. A guy, an athlete of that caliber can compete at the level he did with sickle cell anemia and still be as good as he was. And then now that they've got that taken care of, they've got it figured out under control. I think we're really going to see him start to show some really, I mean, even you beat number two, Austin Gomez, but we're going to really continue to see him take off. That, yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Number one, to have 
you know, noticed it, caught it, taken him to get tested. Um, I'm glad he could figure that out because God, that would have just sucked if he Mm -hmm. didn't figure that out right away and, you know, was struggling and couldn't figure out what he was doing. I can't even imagine. So that's just, again, and then to watch the transformation from figuring it out and then treating it and making the necessary changes to improve, not just, you know, his wrestling, like literally just his day to day. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely an incredible story that you don't tend to just hear very often about these guys that we're watching wrestle. Mm -hmm. So that is again, very interesting, very that's that's my favorite part of this job right is learning the backgrounds of these guys where it's not always just the focus of what they're doing on the mat when the buzzer goes off but they're who they are their journey yeah, who they are their day-to-day what makes them tick absolutely i agree with you that's definitely what made me want to cover wrestling and i think that's what makes me very passionate about wrestling is because it's the people who say oh well they're just wrestling in a ring yeah but is that really all it is? It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It is a phenomenal sport. It's a primal sport. Wrestling, people tell you it's the oldest sport. It's either that or track and field. And there is, there's something primal about two guys going after it mano a mano. And yeah, great, phenomenal sport. And to hear the stories, to be able to tell the stories of some of those guys is what makes the job incredibly rewarding. I completely agree. That is how I'm here, still here, <laughs> going into my sixth season, which I understand you you grinded in your in your career in ways I haven't <laughs> with that newspaper life. Yeah, that was something else. I'm glad I'm done with it. I'm glad this is much better. This is much easier. <laughs> this is the fun stuff. You get to it's do the fun stuff. It's much more fun doing this. Yep. And 100%. I'm sure I, I know people at Zyklon Fanatic, the readers, are excited that we got you <laughs> who well, else I'm would i to be here who else could i sit and talk wrestling with <laughs> that's right that's right we get to sit down and talk wrestling for 45 minutes on a friday <clears throat> morning that's true which also and last last point i'll make is this win for iowa state got them ranked number nine this week oh yeah so they're going into saturday that. good job yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> again we're just so hyped up on the freshman <laughs> That's okay. Long travel week for me. Everyone, please forgive me. But I did purposely wear my Iowa State wrestling shirt into the state. Not not sure who cared, who noticed, but I wore it. <laughs> Good job, Jackie. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but no, yeah, shout out to Iowa State. They're in the top 10. Curious to see how they continue. Um, I've, I forgot to do this, but shout out to Fairway. We're here recording this podcast, thanks to Fairway. So shout out to them. Go buy all your game day stuff um, from them since we are away this week for football. So you have your Saturday during the day free to go watch Iowa State football at Buzzard Billy's where I'll have to be watching them for a game watch. This is my plug. (laughs) But then go to Ames because I'll also be going to Ames. So... Ben, as always, thank you. This was great. Hopefully people enjoyed that rambling. I'm excited. It's going to be a good season. (laughs) It should be a fun one. All right, guys. Well, tune in next week where we'll be back at it again. Who knows what day?
I'm done traveling for the year. Okay. All right. So hopefully they'll get it on Wednesdays. Is that our plan? Yes, that is the plan. Wednesdays going forward. Yes, unless the people above us tell us otherwise. But this is what we've decided, and it works. (laughs) So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. See you Saturday.